Let's look here in Daniel chapter 10 tonight. I do appreciate you coming tonight on Wednesday night, taking time, making the sacrifices come. I hope, pray the message will be a help to you tonight. And um, <clears throat> I believe it was John Rice said, if you want to have a sermon uh, where you get no amens, preach on, I believe he said, you could preach on tithing, you could preach on soul winning, and you could preach on prayer. And uh, and the reason is that's the areas where most people have problems in their walk with the Lord. And I'm going to confess, and I'm preaching on prayer, and I need to be preached to about prayer. So tonight I'm going to have to do the preaching and the listening at the same time. I, I believe we're living in times that we need to pray. And um, we need to... It's not time to quit praying or to slow down or to pray less. It's time to pray more. And um, we're going to look here in Daniel chapter 10. I intended, uh, my plan was to preach tonight on this uh, war or this battle between uh, Satan and and good and evil. And that happens here in Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to to deal with that. Um, But to be honest, that's not the main thing that's going on. Uh, the main things going on is there's a man praying and seeking God's face, and by praying, it, it's it, the war. It, it brought the war in by him praying, but that's not the main emphasis. I want to look at verse number ten. The Bible says, "Behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palm of my hand, palms of my hands." And he said unto me, "O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I sent, am I now sent." When he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. And then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. And I am come, I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. Father, I pray tonight you would help us. Pray, God, you would give me strength and give me clarity of thought. And I pray, Lord, that as I preach, Lord, that you would convict the hearts of those that are here. But I pray, Lord, you would convict my own heart. Lord, so many people tonight are needing us to pray for them. And Lord, there's so many needs in my own life. And Lord, I pray tonight that we'd look at this story, this example of what prayer can do. And Lord, how that you can hear and answer prayer. And I pray it would challenge us to be praying people again. I pray, Lord, that you would start a revival of prayer. Lord, in my heart and the hearts of those that are here, help us get back to praying. Lord, we've tried everything else. Lord, I pray we just get back to what works, and that's seeking your face. Lord, I love you tonight, and I thank you for allowing me to stand and preach. I thank you for the Word of God, Lord. I'm thankful that I can look into these pages and find help, Lord, for my life and for the life of those that are here. And I pray tonight you bless. May your hand be upon us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to look at verse number 12. And the Bible says this, Thy words were heard. Thy words were heard. And that's what I want to preach on tonight. On thy words were heard. I wonder tonight if I were to ask you, 
What is the most pressing need in your life? What would it be? And if we'd all be real honest, most of us would have to spend a little time thinking about it. And the reason we'd have to spend time thinking about it is because we've not been spending any time praying about it. If you were to come to Daniel in, in chapter 10 and verse 1 and say, Daniel, what, what is the most pressing need? He would say it's the condition of Jerusalem. Now, I'm not going to go through a lot of this for the sake of time and this message, but the truth is, I believe with all my heart, if you look at the timeline, it says in verse 1, in the third year of Cyrus, and, and you can go back to the book of Ezra and kind of see some of the things that were going on in Ezra chapter 4. Uh, there were some people in Jerusalem that had ri risen up against the people of, of the Jews and were hindering them and had sent letters down there to Persia and said, y'all need to stop these people. They're a rebellious people. It's going to be a rebellious city. You need to put an end to it. I, I just think, I believe with all my heart that Daniel had heard about this and he was burdened about this. And not only that, but the revelations he had gotten in the previous chapters about these 62 weeks and the seven weeks and the 70th week and how that this is not going to be a weeks and a years, but this is going to be decades and millennia. And, and I believe it all just weighed upon him. And if you were to say, Daniel, what is it you need from God? He'd say, I need God to hear me. And I need God to help my people. And so tonight, before I get in the message, I want to ask you this. What is the most pressing need in our lives today? Now, I believe we could ask that question individually. And then we also could ask that collectively as a church. What is the most pressing need? And I will say, if I have to sit here and think about it and, and, and deliberate on it and, and, and ponder it to come up with an answer, then the truth of the matter is that I've not been praying for that need. That's convicting to me. If you're a parent, you've got children. What's the most pressing need in your children's life? If I have to stop and think, well, what is it for Drew and what is it for Ginger? And, what, and, by, and I think we all pray for our kids individually. I, don't, I understand we pray, Lord, help my kids, watch out for my kids, keep them safe. But each child has different needs. They each have different problems. And Brother David, if I have to stop and say, man, what, what is it that Drew needs? What is it that Ginger needs? What is it that Macy needs? What is it that, what is it that my wife needs? Then the truth of the matter is I'm failing them as a parent. God told Daniel, the angel told Daniel, he said, thy words were heard. If I were to say tonight, you could come to this altar and you could bring that need to God and your words would be heard, would you come? Well, the truth of the matter is, if you come and you pray in faith, not, nothing wavering, then your words will be heard. You know this tonight, you can pray without faith. But you can't have faith without prayer. And so Daniel was a man of faith. Daniel was a man that believed God. Daniel was a man who throughout his life, I mean now he's over 90 years old, and he still knows he's, he's a wise man. We know that. He, I mean, he, had, he was a man of influence, a man of power. In fact, Daniel had, I mean, if, if speaking, uh, if you want to, uh, uh, as an illustration, speak of spiritual trophies, his trophy case is full. But the secret of it all, it was not his intellect, it was not his experience, it wasn't the fact that he was tough and, and he was uh, courageous, but the truth of the matter is, Daniel was a man who God heard from on a regular basis. 
Have you ever talked to somebody and you knew they weren't listening? I was running this sermon by Brother Justin before church. And I said, hey, Brother Justin, I was brushing my teeth. And he was, am I done going over there? I said, hey, hey, Brother Justin. I said, do you, have you ever, do you, do you know anybody that whenever you talk to them, like they, they never let you finish what you're saying and they always, they, they start, you know they're not listening. They start talking about something completely out of, just ain't got nothing to do, do, do with what you're talking about. He said, yeah. He said, you do it to me all the time. <laughs> I said, thank you, Brother Justin. Miss Kim. Let the women be silent. And I hate that. But you know, there's never a time we talk to God and He's thinking about something else. But you know or not, you and I, we have God's full attention. David said in Psalms 40, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined unto me. You know what that word, inclined unto me, means? It means to bend the ear. David was in a horrible pit in the miry clay and he said, I waited patiently for him and he inclined unto me uh, and he said, and he lifted me out also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And listen, I'm saying tonight, we have God's ear if we'll just talk to him. A whole lot of problems come from not listening. And not listening, but the truth of the matter is we don't have to worry about there being a problem on God's end when it comes to prayer. Thy words were heard. I want to say tonight, the same God that heard Daniel, He'll hear us when we pray. I want to just look at a couple of things tonight. This is going to be simple, but I'll be honest, I feel like just praying right now, but I'm going to have to finish this message because that's what I'm asked to do by the Lord tonight. But wouldn't it be wonderful if it could be said of us that our words were heard by God? Our words were heard. But how is it? What, I, I want to look at Daniel here and just use him in this story as an illustration of, of how we can be that person that can say our words were heard by the Lord. Now look at verse 1. The Bible says, In the third year of Cyrus king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. Now, now don't be, uh, don't misunderstand that word thing, you know. Uh, you know, it's not like we use that word thing, like when some, you know, somebody asks you, you know, I, I got something I need to do. We just, but that word thing, it means a word or, or, a, or an appointed matter. He said, I heard a, 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 a thing was revealed unto Daniel whose name was called, and the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. The first thing I want to say tonight that there is persistence is required. If we want our words to be heard, if we want to, if we want to get heaven's attention, if we want uh, to see those things I was mentioning earlier in our lives, in our children's lives, in our church's life, if we want to, if we want to see uh, uh, and, and witness and experience the miraculous, and I still believe God's a miracle working God. I do. I still believe that God can do anything He ever could do. I don't believe God's bound by time nor space nor any other thing. But the truth of the matter is, I just feel like probably, but more than likely, there's less people praying now than ever before. Amen. 
Why would we want to pray when we can get on the Facebook and, and we can call somebody and we can text somebody or we can email or we can instant message or, or we can read a book about it or we can listen to a podcast about it or we can look up a sermon about it. But the truth of the matter is Daniel prayed for 21 straight days. He canceled all of his appointments. He told everybody, "Don't come. I, don't, I can't help you right now. There's something more important than anything. And, and the truth is, for 21 days, Daniel sought the Lord. Daniel had plenty of excuses. After he heard this from it, he could have just said, you know what? So be it. When he heard this negative report, when he heard this bad news, when he heard what was going on in Jerusalem, he could have said, you know what? I've prayed enough. I've done enough. I've helped enough. I've, I've done all I can do. But Daniel was the type of man that couldn't just sit by and witness something going on in his brethren's life and something going on in his people's life and not get on his knees and see God's face. I'm saying tonight, he prayed for 21 straight days. I, I mean, I don't believe it was a now I lay me down to sleep praying. He said he mourned. He wept. That means to weep like a child. He cried out before God. He didn't eat. He didn't change his clothes. He sat there and he sought God a day and night, day and night for 21 days. And I want you to know tonight, we as the people of God, if we want to be able to say that our voice was heard, then we're going to have to get to a place in our life where we're going to put prayer as a priority in everything we do. Persistence is required. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. I checked, but I just want to make sure. If you look up those words, ask, seek, and knock, it's in the present tense. It means to ask and ask and ask and ask and seek and seek and seek and seek and knock and knock and knock and knock. You say, how long? There's nowhere it stops. You always asking, always seeking, always knocking, always ringing the prayer bells of heaven, always has been born in the throne of grace. Always there's some. You say, well, I've got all my prayers answered. There's somebody needs you to ask and to seek and to knock. You say, well, I've done seen my children saved. Well, there's other children need to be saved. Well, I've done seen, I've had my bills paid. There's somebody else needs their bills paid. I'm saying we need to be persistent. Daniel said, I'm not going to get up till an answer comes. Luke 18, 1, Jesus said, He spake a on them, and this end, the men ought always to pray, and not to faint. Saying there was in a city a judge, which feared not God. Neither regarded man, there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust saith. And shall not God avenge His own elect, which cried day and night unto Him, though He bear long with them? 
Jesus said this widow woman, she come to this unjust judge, uh, unsaved, evil man, and she come and she kept coming and she kept coming and said, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me. And he said, get away from me, get away from me, get away from me. I don't want to help you. I don't like you. I don't even, but after a while, he said, you know what? She ain't going to stop coming until I give her the answer she's seeking. And I'm saying, God said, if this unjust man would do this for this widow woman, how much more would God do for his own elect who would come to him day and night and say, oh God, avenge me of this. Help me with this. Answer this. God, do what I need. Did you know, I read this today, they said that, I believe it was back in the 1875, 76, there was a horrible plague of like locust grasshoppers in Minnesota. And they said that they ate, they ate all the wheat, they destroyed all the crops, and they, they found this tons of people lost everything they had. And that next fall and spring in April, they were worried. They thought they, they, they claimed that they was going to come back every year for three years. That's what they, the pattern was. And they got so upset about it, so disturbed by it. The governor of, of Minnesota, he declared a day in April. I don't remember the date, but he declared that as a day of prayer. And every store closed and every shop closed and every school closed. And they, and they, and they didn't just pray. They fasted and prayed that entire day. What would that do for America if we do that just one day? Just one day. I mean, listen to me. One, just one day. I mean, look what's going on. People are dying everywhere. Dying everywhere. Preachers are dying. David McCoy, he was a preacher. Preached youth means all up when I was a teenager. We used to hear him preach. He died this week with, uh, with COVID. Now, he had MS and other things. But I'm saying, I mean, we're seeing people dying and all that's going on. And, and you look what's going on in Australia and all these places. And it's just, I, I mean, what I'm saying tonight is what would that do just one one day. But they said the following day they got up and they said that that day was a, the hottest day in April they had ever had in Minnesota. And they went out and they began to, they looked and they, they saw those larvae them, them starting to hatch. And everybody was panicking. They said they're, 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 they're going to destroy it. And, and for three days, for three solid days, it was the three hottest days, three consecutive days after they prayed. And, 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 the, and they said that all across the state, those, those, those grasshoppers were hatching. And they said it'd just be a matter of days before they would just devour all the wheat and they'd just devour all the crop. And they said, but on the fourth day, they said it, they had the coldest day they'd ever had in April. Brother David, they said a frost went over the whole entire state and killed every single cricket in the state. And you say, oh, Brother Martin, that's just a coincidence. That's just, no, you can believe that if you want to. I believe that's God. And I believe that that... I believe that's what happens when people set aside their own personal comfort. They set aside their own personal interests. They set aside everything else. You say, oh, but we can't do that in the 21st century. Why can't we? Why can't we? Why can't we set aside a moment, a time, I mean, I mean, a period in our lives where we say we're going to seek the Lord, we're going to turn ourselves to Him, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray until an answer comes. The persistence is required. But look, in verse 12, 
I want to show you this. There's problems that are revealed. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day thou didst set thy heart to understand to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty-one days. Now, here, here's the thing. Why do we not keep on praying? Honestly. And if we'd all be honest, deep down in the back of our mind, when we start seriously, we're expecting immediate results. And one thing we're thinking is that if I really do this, all my problems are going to be removed. But the truth of the matter is, many times when we seek God and we really seek things, our, po- our problems multiply. Now, what were some problems that were revealed? The first one is there was a problem with delay. 21 days. He said, Brother Martin, that's not that long. It is when you're not eating. When you're, when you're not talking, to, I mean, I'm not talking about this wasn't one of these intermittent fasts to lose weight. This is called seeking God and he's 90 something year old. You understand what I'm saying? 21 days in a row and the first day he prayed and he said, why hadn't anything? He hadn't heard anything. He hadn't, nobody told. And then he prayed again and he prayed again and he prayed again. And let's just be honest tonight that delay, that delay oftentimes causes us to stop praying and oftentimes because things don't happen when we want them to happen and how we want them to happen. We just give up. We throw in the towel. We just we just wring our hands and say, Lord, I'm not going to... But I want you to know tonight that that's going to happen if we see God. There's going to be delay. You ever talk to somebody and you say, you know, sometimes... You know what Jesus said? He said, miserable comfort. He said, what did he say? He said, he said miserable comforts are you? And he said... Is that Job said that? I don't know. One of them did. And then he told them, he told them what Pharisee, he said, he says, you're the ch- wisdom's going to perish. He basically he's saying, y'all know what everything. When you die, nobody's going to know anything because you know it all. But you know, what is it when you have a prayer that you're praying for? And this is what people say. Well, just because he, he ain't said yes don't mean he's not said no. It may be just wait. And that's, hey, we like to give that advice, but we don't like to hear it. It's one of them things, it feels good to say it, but it don't feel good to hear it. And can you imagine somebody going up to Daniel after three days and saying, Daniel, just don't worry about it. In his time, he'll answer. In his time, he'll move. Just wait on God. But I'm saying tonight, the truth of the matter is, God works at his own pace. He works in his own time. He does things the way he sees fit and in the way he sees fit. And what Daniel couldn't see is that it wasn't that God was mad at him. It wasn't that God was trying to hurt him. The truth of the matter is that when he started praying, he started a war in the heavens. You ever heard the phrase prayer warrior? You see, whenever a man or a woman or a boy or a girl, it don't, you don't have to be old either, kids, to, to be a prayer warrior. Whenever you start in, entering into that prayer, I'm talking about seeking God like Daniel did, there's a battle goes on. I mean, there's, there's a battle that goes on. And, and so he said the problem of delay, but now he had a problem with the devil. Now, I'm not going to get into this, but in verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he's not talking about Cyrus or Darius. Listen, because Cyrus and Darius could not withstand Gabriel or Michael the archangel. In fact, 
Michael and Gabriel there, and I, I hate to say this, to put it this way, but it's another, where these angels and these spirits are, it's another dimension that we don't, we don't, even, we don't even understand. And all this, this um, intrigue, I guess, you, and y'all going to think I'm real kooky, I probably do, but with, the, with extraterrestrials and all this going on out there, I'm not saying an ET phone home, you know, and all that, but I'm telling you tonight, there are spirits, there's, there's, there's warfare going on between here and heaven, and God said, Gabriel, go give him his answer, and while he was on his way, the devil withstood him. Now, it might have been Satan himself, it could have been one of those fallen angels that served Satan, I don't know. This is not a one-time occurrence. In Jude chapter 9, or Jude verse 9, it says that Michael, the archangel, uh, durst not dispute with the devil about the body of Moses, that, that that, that there was a dispute, there was a battle went on over the body of Moses. You believe what you, they never found the body of Moses. I believe God buried him in a place up, and I believe the reason was because he knew if the children of Israel had his body, they'd worship him. And I believe the devil wanted him to have that body so they would worship it. But the Bible says there was a conflict there between Michael, the archangel, and the devil. I'm saying this, what does it say the prince of the kingdom of, of Persia. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 2, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. I'm saying tonight, the reason our prayers may be delayed tonight, the re I'm saying there, it may be tonight that the devil's doing all he can do to keep us from getting that prayer answered. I want you to know the devil works. And by the way, he, the devil was not the king of, of Persia, but he was behind the king of Persia. He was that power that enabled him. The power that, you know, Alexander the Great conquered. I mentioned this. He conquered the known world in less than 10 years. He didn't do that with his own strength. These men and these leaders that rise up in power. Have you ever wondered where did Pelosi come from? I mean, seriously. Have you ever thought, I mean, she's just the easy one. I mean, it's just like fish in the barrel, you know, might as well just, but I mean, you can, I mean, you can sit in your tree stand all year and look for that 12-pointer, but I'll shoot the six-pointer. And she's like a six-pointer. She comes by all the time. But have you ever wondered how these people just come out of nowhere and have such power, have such influence? And they can just say one word. They can just, and the whole world turns upside down. I'm telling you not, and it's not just the Democrats. These Republicans are sorry as can be too. I'm not going to get into all this stuff because, man, I don't even like talking about it. But they're all in it. They're, they're, they're against us. They don't want us to have anything. They want to have everything and tell us what we can do and what we can have and give us a few little crumbs uh, that keep us happy, you know. Send a check every cut. They'll be okay. Just let them get a new flat screen and new tires on the car. Go to the beach. Maybe buy the wife a new dress or something. And they'll be happy. But the truth of the matter is, I'm saying tonight, the world World, the system of the world, the print, the God of this world's behind the system of this world, and the devil was the one who was giving Cyrus and Darius the thought that the ability to rule the world. And when we pray, we there's a spiritual battle. And listen tonight, you remember Elijah? He was up there with his servant, and the and, and the servant was all scared, you know. And, and old Elijah was over there drinking Folgers coffee and reading the newspaper, everything. And the servant said, "How are you sitting down? Just this is, you know, commentary on this. I'm not trying to." And 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 Elijah said, "Lord, open his eyes." And he went out there and he looked, and all around in the hills. Yeah. 
He saw a mighty host of angels. By the way, the Bible says the angel of the Lord encompass about them that fear him. You know that? Hebrews said, Are they not ministering spirits? Amen. And you, who are those ministering who are those ministering spirits? They're sent unto us that have been born again. So not only are there evil spirits tonight that are opposing us, but thank God there's some angels. I believe with all my heart that circle us about and help us and guard us and protect us. But I'm saying tonight, listen, there's a battle going on for you, Drew. There's a battle going on for your life, for your testimony, for your future. And listen, we can't win it on our own. And tonight, if prayers are not answered, we can think perhaps maybe there, maybe why did the devil want to hinder this prayer? Why was it so important to him that Daniel didn't get what he had asked for? I tell you why. Because number one, it would hurt God's child. And there's nothing, you see, the devil can't lay a finger on Jesus. But he can on us. What did Jesus tell Saul in Acts 9? He said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Saul did not crucify Jesus. Saul did not consent. He consented to the death of Stephen. He wreaked havoc in the church. But every time he took a mother away from her children, every time he took a father away from his family, every time he took those letters and he drug people out of their homes and put them in prison and had them executed, had them stoned, had them. I, every time he did that, Satan was hurt. He, when they, when listen, when when one of God's children hurt, it hurts him. Yeah. But not only that, he was wanting to hinder God's plan. Now we could really get off in deep water right here, but we've got chapter 11 and 12, and that's the deepest water in probably the whole Bible. So I'm just going to save my, my, my breath-holding abilities for then. But listen, if you read Ezra, and you read those genealogies and all that's going on, listen, those people that went back, wasn't just, it wasn't just some lottery, you know. They, they were God providentially sent. And if you look it up and you study it out, you'll find the Messianic Seed. Went back to Jerusalem. So if the devil can keep, if the devil can keep the prayer from getting answered, if, ten, if, if the work stops in Jerusalem, if the walls are not built, if the temple's not relayed, if the foundation's not relayed, if the streets aren't built, if the worship goes on, listen, we know God's done told us here that in that 69th week the Messiah's going to be cut off. And, and then, and, and so I'm all I'm saying is that when the devil works, when the devil hinders, you know what he's trying to do? He's not only trying to hurt God's children, he's He's trying to hinder God's plan. And I believe that's why the devil fights us so much. You can go to the VFW and everybody gets along. You can go to the Elks Club and the Moose Lodge and the Knights of Columbus. You go to, and have a good day. Nobody, there's no trouble. And I mean, listen, I mean, it's just everything's fine and dandy. But you get in church and try to do right and try to seek God and there's going to be problems. There's going to be trouble. Why is that? Because the devil knows if he can mess this up, he can keep one sinner like Miss Kim sung about from walking down this aisle and getting in that altar. And I'm just saying tonight, so the truth of the matter is that our problems are revealed when we pray. Verse 4, down through verse 9, and I'm just going to give you this. We see there was a presence that was realized. I mentioned this last week. I'm not going to read... Elaborate on all this, but the, the one who came to him first 
the first one that came to him was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself. The, a member of the Godhead. He came to him. Now think about that. You know, I was thinking about this and I thought about over there, in, I believe it's Luke chapter 24, with those two Emmaus disciples, they were going back home and they were sad because they thought the Lord was going, he was, they were disappointed because Jesus had died and he had been buried. But what they didn't know was he had already got up. Yeah. They just didn't know it. You know what? A lot of times we're discouraged about things. And the reason is that we're discouraged about things that God's already took care of. And the Bible says this. I believe it's in Luke 24, like verse 15, something like that. It says, and Jesus himself drew near unto them. Amen. I want you to know something that when you have problems and maybe it's emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, sometimes that drives people away from you and you feel like nobody wants to be around you. They look at you funny. They act around. They act strange around you. They don't want to look you in the eye. But I want you to know something. That may be a deterrent to people, but it's an attractant to Jesus Christ. When we're burdened, when we're heavy laden, when we're going through a valley, when we're in a fight for our family and a fight for our home and a fight for our marriage and a fight for our church, and when we're dealing with spiritual warfare and we're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the evil of this world, thank God that doesn't deter Jesus. Like the song the kid says, was saying when everybody else walks out, that's when he walks in. Oh, Daniel's down on his knees praying. He's seeking God's face. And all of a sudden, the king of glory walked in and spoke unto him. He said, Daniel, I want you to know, I'm here for you. I've not forgotten about about you. I've been hearing every word you said. And thank God, listen tonight, the reason we don't understand what it's like to live in the daily, to daily live in the presence of Jesus is because we don't know what it's like to have a daily prayer life. George Mueller, if you want to read something that will help you, read the life story of George Mueller. He was... He said, well, he wasn't the back. Well, you know, you can get hung up on that if you want to, but I ain't going to get hung up on that. Amen. He's more of a Christian than all of us put together. He raised over $8 million for orphanages, and he didn't send out one prayer card. He didn't go hold, hold one. Now, I'm not against that. I'm not against raising support. But you know how he got his $8 million? On his knees. But Mark, they wouldn't have no food. And they'd go sit down at the table. And Miss Mueller would get all the plates out. And all them little orphans, this is before welfare and hell, all that stuff. And, and, and they didn't have nothing like that. He had orphanages all over. And those, they'd sit down at the table. Miss Mueller would sit the plates out. And they'd sit the forks. And they'd sit the knives and the napkins. And they'd sit there. And old George Mueller would say, all right, it's time to pray. Yeah. He'd begin to pray. And before he got done praying, somebody would come in the door with bread and vegetables and meat. And I'm talking about, oh, this thing just happened one time over and over. Did you know when he died, they went to his room to clean out his belongings? And they said the hardwood floors had holes worn in them from him praying so much you know Josephus the historian around he called John the beloved they said they called John the beloved camel knees 
They said he prayed so much that his knees were twisted and contorted because he spent so much time on his knees. But I, want you, I want you to know something about George Mueller and I want you to know something about John the Beloved and I want you to know something about Daniel, this man of God. I want you to know something about every man and every woman that ever spent time daily, every day, on their knees seeking God. They know Jesus better than anybody else. It was, and by the way, it was on the 21st day when Jesus showed up. Because of the delay, Daniel saw Jesus in a way that he had never seen before. I want you to know, not maybe because of the delay in our prayer request, maybe we're going to learn something about him that we never would have learned if we got what we're asking for the first day. Verse 12 through 17, we see the peace that's relayed. He said in verse 12, fear not, Daniel. Now, I want to just, this is an angel now. I, 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 there's really no point in me getting into this. It wasn't Jesus that the devil withstood because that would be no battle. It was no battle. But So it says in verse 9, yet I heard a voice of words, and when I heard the voice of words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set upon me my knees. And he said to me, "Oh Daniel, he didn't. This is not the certain man in the first. This is another. This is the angel come to him. Jesus first, then the angel. And he said, "Fear not, Daniel. Fear not, Daniel." I want you to know now the Bible says this in Isaiah forty three one. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Isaiah 43, 5, Fear not, for I am with thee. I'll bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Daniel was afraid for a lot of reasons. He was scared. And by the way, he had already seen this vision of Antioch as Epiphanes killing hundreds of thousands of Jews. He had already seen the Antichrist, this, this, this dreadful beast, this dreadful man that was going to chase it and kill. He had seen all this. And not only that, now he's hearing about the Messiah's going to be cut off. He thought the Messiah, I mean, the Jews thought the Messiah was going to come and reign. But now he says he's going to be cut. There's a lot of things that could cause him to be afraid. But the angel said, he said, said, Daniel, fear not. Daniel, fear not. I'm just saying tonight that there is a peace that we can find in seeking the Lord and calling on His name. And listen, the salutation was this. Daniel, fear not. But then there was an explanation. There was a reason why the prayer hadn't come. And He gave him the explanation. We may not understand but we can know that there is an explanation because God is good and He can do no wrong. Why has the answer not come? I thought about this. There's things that God is developing in us while we wait. God's plan for us is to grow spiritually. Do you believe that? He's conforming us all into the image of Jesus Christ. And that sometimes is a painful process. But He wants us to grow. If every answer came immediately, would we press on and spend more time in drawing to God in prayer or less? Think about it. If every prayer we prayed, we got right then, would we get closer to God? God delays His answer sometimes 
so that He can get the maximum glory from our lives. You remember John 11, Lazarus, four days? And Jesus come and He says this, and when Je- it says when Jesus, verse 4, when Jesus heard it, He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Think about this. If Jesus had healed Lazarus before Lazarus died, now think about this. It would have been, I mean, that'd been something. That'd been amazing. That would have been something. But but think about what happened because he didn't. Four days later, he shows up, and Lazarus is dead. And when you go out to the tomb where Lazarus is, guess what? There's a great crowd there. There's a great crowd. And Jesus raised him. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. He said, loose him and let him go. But that's not all that happened. The Bible says that many, many believed on him that day. Many trusted him that day. Many. What I'm saying is, if Lazarus hadn't have died, if Lazarus hadn't have been in the tomb for four days, then there would have been less glory given to God. All I'm saying is this tonight, that whatever the reason is, whatever we're having to wait, whatever we're having to sit back and say, oh Lord, why? It's day two, it's day three, it's day five, it's year one, it's year five, it's year ten, it's year twenty. I know of a man, I've heard, I don't know him, I know his pastor in California, he was a bus captain and he, and he, and he went by this filling station every Sunday and filled up the church bus on Sunday afternoon and he witnessed to the man that worked there and tried to get him to come to church. He did and every year, every day, every Sunday, he'd go by and talk to this man. The man wouldn't come. He was a nice man, but he never would come to church. And one day, uh, he was out on visitation, and he and he knocked on the door, and a little boy came to the door, and he said, son, would you like to ride the church bus? Would you like to come to church? And, and the little boy said, I'd love that. And he said, uh, well, are your parents here? He said, yeah, my daddy's here. He said, would you go get your daddy? And, and his daddy came to the door, and guess who his daddy was? He was that man that worked at the gas station. And the boy come to church, and a few weeks later, the daddy come to church, and the daddy got saved, and the boy got saved. And, and last time I heard this, the daddy that got saved is now picking up people on a church bus. All I'm saying is, God waits sometimes so that when the answer comes, He gets the maximum amount of glory from it. Verse 18. Verse 19, and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee. Be strong, yea, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened. Thy word is heard. We see the power that's received from answer prayer. Daniel had not eaten a bite of food, but yet he was strong. Jesus told him over there in John 4, uh, he was sitting there at the well there in Samaria. And talking to that woman there at the well, and the disciples went to town to get food. And uh, they come back, and in the meantime, the woman had got saved. And they come back and they said, Jesus, do you want a piece of bread? Do you want some fish? And he says, I'm eating meat that you know not of. In a little while, you know what's funny is the woman had been married five times, living with one man, you know, the one everybody whispered about when she come in, called her names, made fun of her. You know, that woman, they, when she went to town, she didn't bring back hush puppies and fish fillets. She brought back the whole town. 
<laughs> the men that were supposed to be the soul winners, the men that were supposed to be the witness, you know, the disciples, the ones that had knew how to do it and had it all planned, they come back with hush puppies and fish. But when the old harlot that got saved come back, she went to town and she said, "Come see a man that told me all that ever I did." And the whole town said, "If he'd save her, he'll save me." And they went out, and that day a great multitude believed. All I'm saying is this: I'm saying there's power. Jesus said, I don't need your hush puppies. I don't need, he said, my need is to do the will of him that sent me. I'm telling you tonight, there's power in prayer that cannot be found anywhere else. Prayer, this is what Ian Bounds, probably one of the greatest men of God that ever wrote about prayer and practiced it, but he said this, prayer is power and strength. It is a power and strength that influences God and is most salutary, widespread, and marvelous in its gracious benefits to man. Prayer influences God. Listen to this. The ability of God to do for man. How great is that ability? Can you, is it, it's, it's, you can't quantify it. There's nothing He can't do for man. The ability of God to do for man is the measure of the possibility of prayer. Thy words were heard. 